We're going to be in Hebrews, and then Genesis 22. I'm going to read a few verses out of Hebrews 11. We've been working through Hebrews 11 for a good while now. It is the Hall of Faith, and uh, we have talked about many of these Bible characters, and we are at Abraham, and we've been talking about Abraham for a few weeks because a lot of verses are uh, attributed to Abraham here. And now we're going to be talking about the last three today. And this is Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. The Word of God says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now, we have a problem here. We have a promise right here in 17 that through Isaac, all of God's seed is promised through him, and Isaac is now, or Abraham has now been told to get rid of this promise. And Abraham has been waiting for him and waiting for him and gone through so many uh, trying times and he has, has, has had some uh, successes and he's had some failures and now God has told him, now that you have this boy, and you have raised him up, and he's probably about 14 years old now, now that you have the promise, get rid of him, kill him. Now this is a crazy part of the Bible, and it says right here that Abraham has got to a point where he has now realized that what God has said is going to happen. And Abraham is now at a point in his faith, which is really not his faith, it's his faith in God, and now that he is looking at God and saying God is faithful, what he says he will do, he has got the promise that through Isaac your seed will be called. Well, if that's the case, and now God is telling me to kill him, then that would mean that we have a conclusion that accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. And this is going to be a type and picture of an even greater father who has a son who he is willing to put to death for each and every one of us. So in Genesis chapter 22 is where this story is. Genesis 22, starting with verse 1. And it came to pass after these things... After what things? You know, God didn't just take Abraham, and this, is, and this would be the very first thing he tests him in. But after these things, all the things that we've read up to this point that Abraham went through, think about all the things that he has gone through up to this point. God has been working with him teaching him things, giving him opportunities, letting him fail. 
You realize it's not a bad thing to let people fail, to let your kids learn through failure. It's a good teacher, isn't it? And God has taught Abraham some things, and now, I mean, what has led up to this point to where, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt. Now, over in Hebrews, it said tried. Now, here in Genesis, it says tempt. We could also use the word test. God did test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac. Is it his only son? He's got Ishmael. But it's the only one God's counting. And it's the son of promise. Cast out the, the, the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman, which is Isaac. Thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Could you do that? Could you take your child and follow through with this? Is it ever asked anywhere else in the whole Bible for this to happen? I mean, what led to this? I mean, you can think about Job and Job having all the blessings and Satan, you know, Satan, he is the accuser. Did Satan go to God in this situation as well, like he did with Job? Did he say, now that you've given Abraham Isaac, he loves that boy more than he loves you. I don't know. Satan could have said to God, my servants sacrifice their children at the altar of Molech. Would your servants do the same? Today, the servants of Satan offer their children over 60 million in the United States alone, Satan would want the seed, this seed right here, Isaac, to be killed because he already knows that the seed of the woman is going to crush his head. And this is it right here. Get rid of him. You would think Abraham would uh, think about this for many days, argue with God, but the very next verse, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, or his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place. He went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. We've already read in Hebrews where Abraham has figured out that if God is telling me to kill him, He's going to have to raise him up. He has to. 
So he's telling the servants, we're going up to worship and we will be back. And he's got the wood, he's got the fire, he's got the knife. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. The servants were told to stay here. You remember when Jesus went up to Gethsemane. There was Peter, James, and John that went with him, and he said, you stay right here, you pray for me, and I'm going a little further. I think that was Jesus Isaac here represents the son. He's a type and picture of Jesus right here. And Abraham is a type and picture of God the Father. And Abraham tells his servants, you stay right here, me and my son. And they both went up together. And I think Jesus, when he was at Gethsemane, he was with the Father, and they both went up together. Notice that there's a place where Jesus and God, only them could be the get together to go through this great ordeal of Jesus being betrayed by his very own and going to a cross. Notice that the wood for this offering was laid upon Isaac's back, and he carried it up Mount Moriah. The wood was laid on his back. The very thing that he was going to be bound to and killed. What about the cross? Was it laid upon the back of Jesus? In John 19, 16 and 17, it says, Then delivered he, talking about Pilate, delivered he him, Jesus, therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away, and he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, in Luke 23, 33. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. Jesus carried his cross. We know that there was another man who was along that, uh, when Jesus couldn't carry it any further, Simon the Cyrenian was, was compelled to take the cross the rest of the way. But Jesus carried that cross. Isaac carried that wood up Mount Moriah. Jesus carried the cross up to Mount Calvary. And they both went up together. Seven. And Isaac, this is, back, this is uh, Genesis 22, verse 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, notice, notice the wording, and follow along in your Bible. You need to be looking at this. It says, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. He didn't say, 
God will provide for himself a lamb. It says God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place, to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. God was willing to sacrifice his own son. And we see here that Abraham is willing to sacrifice his own son. But it just wasn't God being willing to sacrifice. It was Jesus being willing to surrender. Isaac is old enough. You, you know how old Abraham is now. He's got to be around 114. Isaac is strong and able. He's figured it out on the way up the mountain. He's figured it out. He hasn't run away. But just like Jesus, he was probably thinking, if this cup can pass from me, if there's any other way, but nevertheless, your will be done. If this is the way we got to do it, this is the way we'll do it. You know, God had a plan. God had a plan from the beginning. He was going to give each and every one of us an opportunity he knew we would fail. In fact, every one of us, when we come into the world, we're predestined for hell. It's already predestined because we are a child of Adam. And we need a way for that to be fixed. And it doesn't matter how hard you try, and if you had multiple lifetimes to do good, you'll never do good enough to be accepted into heaven. You must surrender everything to God's plan, and His plan is that for Jesus to go to the cross in your place. You deserve the death, I deserve the death, but God had a plan from the beginning. You know, I heard uh, uh, John Phillips talk about uh, a watch, a watch, an old-timey watch, you know, that has a little winder on it that it is made for a purpose to tell time. And it is in sync with the heavenly clock, and it just keeps time. And it might get off, or it might even stop. And it no longer serves its purpose. But the designer of the watch built in a plan for when it went wrong, that it could be reset and do what it was called to do. Each and every one of us are put on this earth for a purpose, and it's to glorify God. And we get off. Sometimes we just stop. And God has made a way in His perfect design to get us reset and back on course to do what we were put on earth for, and that is to glorify Him. Is Abraham glorifying God in what he's doing right here? Absolutely. And it is the most amazing story in the Bible of a man glorifying God the Father that you can find in the Bible. 
and we are to be the children of Abraham, and we are to do likewise. In James chapter 2, in James chapter 2, we, we read this on Wednesday, I believe. In 21, 22 and 23, it says, it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works? And again, this word justified right here does not mean saved. Okay? It says justified. That means proven. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect or complete? See, it's, it's one thing to walk around and say we have faith in God, and just that's all we do is just say it. But how does your life show everybody around you that you really believe what you say you believe? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. True faith, true belief in God will cause you to be different it will cause you to want to glorify your heavenly father. Now Abraham has taken Isaac, who is very able to run away. He didn't have to go on that altar. He wasn't tied up and chained and dragged up that mountain, and neither was Jesus. Jesus could have bailed out on us at any time, but no way was he going to let every one of us perish. And he went to that horrible death now, I'm looking here at, at Abraham taking Isaac and binding him and laying him on that wood, and he's got the fire ready for the, ready for the burnt offering. He's got the knife, and in the moment that he raises the knife to cut the throat of his son, to let him bleed out, did he have a flashback of maybe being a boy himself and raising up a little lamb? maybe even fed it from his hand, that lamb would follow him around. And then he was told he had to take this little lamb, this perfectly innocent lamb, and to drain its blood. Can you see that little lamb being laid up on the wood and those little eyes looking at you, those trusting eyes? And I think Abraham is looking at his son with those innocent eyes laying there willing to be a sacrifice. Can you see the eyes of Jesus where he was beaten beyond recognition, a crown of thorns pressed into his forehead, his beard plucked out, beaten with the rod, and all you can see is those innocent eyes and him being laid on the cross and nailed to the cross. Can you see that? All Jesus had ever done is good. All He had ever done is heal people. Healing the lady who reached out to grab his, the hem of His garment. Raising the little girl from the dead. Feeding the 5,000. All He did was good. He was perfectly innocent. And He was taken and beaten and became a willing sacrifice 
for us on that cross. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. Now this is a very salient part of this scripture. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Did God learn something here? I mean, it says right here, for now I know. Abraham was being tested. Could Abraham have failed here? I don't know how to answer that question. There are some that say that God has predestined and he, there's the elect and all that and, and, and it's all done. But I see a test here. I see a, a, a choice here. I see a person passing the test. But how many times have you seen people fail the test? There are so many who are going to hell forever because they failed the test. We're already condemned when we come into the world. If you do nothing, you're going to where you're predestined to go to, and that is hell. So it seems to me like each and every person has a choice to believe and obey God's word or not. What's your choice going to be? And Abraham lifted, lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. So Isaac was cut loose, and he was able to get down, and he probably helped get this ram up there. And he's holding this ram, and he's looking at this ram going, I'm supposed to be there, and this ram is taking my place. Now notice that. This is a ram. When, when Abraham had told his son, God will provide himself a lamb. So why is it a ram? Because what Abraham told his son is prophecy. It's a prophecy of the lamb of God, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, according to Revelation 13, 8, God's plan, I already planned it out from before the world was even framed. That was part of the plan. And Abraham probably didn't even know it, but he was prophesying God will provide himself to be that lamb that would go to the cross. It was prophecy. And this shows it because they didn't find a lamb tangled up in the bushes because that was a prophecy of Jesus Christ himself. And this ram shows us a substitutionary atonement. That's the picture that it shows that Jesus went to the cross for us. Like John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen, Jehovah provides. He is our provider, and He has provided the Lamb, Jesus Christ, 
to go to that cross in our place, to be a substitute for us. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the, upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. And this turns into what, it just, it's like, why did this turn into his brother and the children that were born to his brother? And it just seems like, why would that go with this amazing chapter? But if you read the names of these children, you will see in 23 that Bethel, Bethuel begat Rebekah. Rebekah is a type and picture of the bride of Christ. Rebekah is the bride for Isaac. Isaac is a type of Christ. Rebekah is his bride. We are the church. Rebekah represents the church, and that's us, and we are the bride of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for this story, for the example that Abraham is for us. Father, I pray that we would be like Abraham, that we would be people that believe in what you say. Father, that we trust and obey you because we have seen all of these things, Father, in your holy scriptures, and Father, we have learned, and Father, we have faith in you and what you're able to do. Father, we have faith in your plan, even though we as humans can't quite figure it all out. Father, we're going to just do what you have told us to do, regardless of whether it makes sense to our human minds. We're going to trust you. Father, we thank you for Jesus and his shed blood. Father, we deserve the death that he stood in the way and took for us. Father, that weight, the weight of the cross was nothing compared to the weight of all of our sins placed on him. Father, that was the real burden, that was the real weight that he carried. And Father, we are so thankful that Jesus was willing to do that for us. And Father, we are here today to make a decision, a decision that will be the most important decision we ever make. Do we want to surrender and follow Jesus? Or Father, just go where we're already predestined to go to? Father, help each and every one of us. Father, I pray that this word that was preached and read out loud today has convicted or enlightened our souls. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit has moved through this place and convicted souls. 
And Father, I pray that the enlightened souls and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that we will look to the Son, Jesus Christ, and be saved. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.